0: I'm going to talk with you about a topic today that's not talked about a lot in the internet marketing or online marketing circle. I think we see it more when we think about it and we talk about entrepreneurship, we start talk about startups, etc et etc. Cetera, et cetera. It's not a topic that's talked about much, and I think that many of the times when it is talked about it's talked about in a way that isn't helpful. Today we're going to talk about risk and taking risk and managing risk in your entrepreneurial business. We're going to take a look at risk from a few different perspectives and we're going to dig into some of the reasons why some of you might struggle with risk. Some of you might struggle with risk, and because of that, you may struggle with taking certain action in your business. So, for example, if you're plugging along your business and your business is making some fixed, low, but guaranteed income, and you need, in order to grow to the next level, to build a new website, to hire a coach, to open up a new part of your business. To do that, you're going to have to take the next three weeks and only focus on that big thing. You're going to risk that you just might lose a client, you're going to risk that that's Steady, stable, low, but steady and stable income takes a little bit of a hit. And you're going to take a risk by taking three weeks to build whatever it is that you need to build. Even if it's a calculated risk, even if you really genuinely deep down inside believe that if you'll build that website or you'll put that software in place or you'll hire that coach, or you'll put a new uh, lead stream in place, whatever the case is, you've got good reason to believe, say 80%, 90% reason to believe that you'll create an increase of 20% in revenue, 20% in business. But because of the situation, and because of prior conditioning, we all have prior conditioning, all of us, You're born on this earth. After a few days, you have prior conditioning. You know if you cry, you're going to get fed or not. You know if you're hungry, you're going to get fed or not. You know if your diaper's wet, you're going to get fed or not. That's at three days old. Well, most of us are over the age of 40. Almost everybody here, we're all over the age of 40. If you're not, grow up. But, you know, most of us, we have 40 years of prior conditioning. Experience and conditioning. It doesn't mean it's bad or good. It just means that we have a past and we have prior conditioning that affects our decisions going forward. And and so if we look at this particular scenario, the person that needs to build that thing out, whatever it is, I'm just throwing things out there. I don't know what your need is, and I want it to connect you, whether it's three weeks to build a business or it's three weeks to take a class to learn how to close clients better. Maybe it's three weeks to be, learn how to become more efficient, three weeks with a coach, whatever the case is. Now, because of not just your reliance on that low but stable, consistent, and certain revenue, but the comfort that comes from knowing that that revenue or that that system of business is coming in, gives you pause to taking the risk of whatever it is. I won't make a whole nother list again. You know what your risk is that maybe you need to take or maybe you don't. Now, I'm not arguing that taking the risk is a good thing or a bad thing. I want you to see how this plays out, though. So you make the decision to not take the risk. I'm not going to take the risk and build the website. I'm not going to take the risk and hire the coach. I'm not going to take the risk and get the training. I'm not going to take the risk and invest in some more advertising. Now, if the ball stopped there, everything's probably well and good. You make a commitment that you're going to continue at your current level of income and maybe you're going to tighten things up a little bit, shave a little bit off of lunchtime and you're going to be fine. You're going to live within your budget and it's no big deal. No risk and we've made this decision. The problem is because of the fact that you are an entrepreneur, obviously there's a scale of entrepreneurship. Some people are 100% entrepreneurs, some people are 1% entrepreneurs. And. You know, if you start out when you're 16 as 100% entrepreneur, you probably flame out at some point, and by the time you're 40 or 50, you're a 70% entrepreneur. you got ideas, and you go out there, and you do things, but you're tempered by experience. You know, or maybe you aren't entrepreneurial until you're in your 40s, and you start out you're 1% entrepreneurial. Something happened in your life that made you go, you know, I wonder if I could make a buck helping people out. You go out and you make a buck. And you go from one percent entrepreneurial to two percent. plug along, and a couple years later, you're eight percent. So I don't know where you are. But if, if you're hearing me today, you've got some element of entrepreneurialness in you. And what happens to those of us, the I don't know, five, 10 percent of the population okay, you and me, we're, we're, a, we're a unique group of folks. We're a minority on this Earth. Because we're entrepreneurial. I don't know what the number is. 5 or 10% of people are truly entrepreneurial. Have an entrepreneurial drive. Because we're entrepreneurial, we're always wanting to start something. What that means is that when you make the decision to not take the risk and to do nothing, maybe it's a great decision. But because you've made the decision to do nothing, in about 30 days, you're itching to do something again. You've got to go through this whole process all over again. What happens is that the time that you spend doing this process all over again next month takes another week out of your month. Calculating up, should I take this risk? Is the time right? Has things changed? Can I get a little better deal on web hosting? Uh, can I do I have a little more experience? So, can I do it in 10 days instead of 14? I, I've, I've met a new coach. Maybe he can do a better job for me for a little bit less. And we rationalize it all over. You spend a whole week trying to figure it out. You say, well, I can't take that risk. So, if I take that risk, I might be out the income three weeks from now. But here's the thing what we don't realize is that the time that we spent reevaluating the next risk means lost income today. Now, you don't see it as lost income because you're already at the cusp. You're you're kind of low, consistent, steady, comfortable. So you don't recognize it. But the truth of the matter is that the time that you spent thinking about that risk could have been spent building something in your business. And so evaluating the risk and not acting on it, Still has a cost. You see, we think that by not taking the risk, there is no cost. Now, by the way, I'm going to give you full disclaimer. I'm not encouraging anybody here to take a risk, to take any risk. Period. I'm encouraging you to think about the nature of risk. I'm encouraging you to think about should you take a risk or not. And I'm I'm going to hopefully give you a lot of food for thought. I don't have all the answers. Nobody has all the answers. Risk is a spectrum, just like being an entrepreneur. You can take a tiny little bit of risk, you can take a lot of risk, or you can, you can take some risk in the middle somewhere.
1: So I'm not encouraging
0: you to take risk. I'm not encouraging you not to, but I'm not encouraging you to take risk. I'm encouraging you to think differently about risk. Now I want to address a couple populations that are on this call. And then we're going to really dig into risk. And notice I gave you, gave you something initially to whet your appetite, just about thinking differently about risk. And I hope that you're already thinking differently about risk. And I'm going to give you a few more things. But I do want to send out a siren call, or maybe it's an anti-siren call. It says, for some of you, you've risked too much, and you're in the stage where you're overcoming it. And so, right now may not be time to take another risk. It might be time to ride things out for 90 to 180 days or a year. So, I don't want you to take anything from what I'm saying here to say that wherever you're at, I believe that you should take on more risk. And again, this is not about taking on more risk. This is about understanding entrepreneurial risk. Now, there's one more category. Those of you that are scared to death to take any kind of risk. When you listen to me today, you may get off the call and you're gung-ho to take a big risk. Take time. Think on it. Don't make any kind of knee-jerk reactions. Now, having said all that, let's talk about risk. There's more cost to risk than just doing whatever it is. There's a cost of not taking action. Now, that's more about action and not risk. But when we evaluate risk and we say, if if we take this risk and we spend three weeks building out the new website or we invest some money in advertising or we invest some money in a code or we we invest in some way of growing things, if we say, okay, well, I'm not going to take a risk, I'm going to do nothing, here's a question for you. Is doing nothing not a risk? Because you see if you do nothing and your business continues the way it is and it's low and consistent, if you lose one client or something breaks in your business or some algorithm changes online, and your income drops 20% because you didn't take a risk, all those risks of bad things are happening. They're all out there whether they occur or not, the risk is there. And if you do nothing, if you don't take a risk, you are still taking a risk that by doing nothing, there'll be a cost. And so in some sense, once you're an entrepreneur, it's no longer a question of, am I going to take a risk? It's a question of, am I going to risk by taking action? Am I going to risk by doing nothing? Am I going to risk by having a middle ground. The question is, which risk? That's the question. I want to go through an exercise that for some of you will be eye-opening. Some of you will think Sean's wrong. Some of you will say, well, that's not me, so it doesn't apply. Well, that's okay. I'm sure that my next story might apply to you. I'm going to tell the story in here. I asked a question in a survey, I don't know, year, year and a half ago. You folks know and following me long enough that I like to ask questions of my subscribers, my buyers, my clients. And I know that sometimes from the outside, if I send a list of three questions or ten questions, it looks like I send it to everybody, but oftentimes I send it to a portion of my subscribers. I'll send it to my – I'll send a certain list perhaps, to my highest, most loyal clients. Because, you see, the answers, and in fact, sometimes I'll send the same set of questions, but I'll tag the emails so I know who responds that's a top loyal spender, that's middle ground, has never spent a penny with me, because the answers to my questions are going to be different if someone is actively spending money, which is an indicator that they like what they purchased in the past, so they buy more, or if somebody's an occasional spender, or if somebody's just a tire kicker and has never opened up their wallet, the answers are going to be different. And so, if I just send the same questionnaire out to everybody, but I don't mark that the answers are different, and I conglomerate it all together, I don't have any good information. However, so having said that, I sent this question out as a part of a questionnaire. This was 12 or 15 questions or something and I don't remember the exact purpose of it. It was a qualifying event. What I was doing was qualifying a set of individuals for a next step in a process, if I remember correctly. One of the questions I asked was, how much money have you spent in the last year building your business? And then I specifically, so I've asked that question in the past on -on one-on-one phone calls. And most of the time, people will give me a number that is really, really low for what it looks like they have in their business. I mean, I kind of know what web hosting goes for, know what autoresponders go for. I know what these domains go for. I know what those costs are. And so if someone says, well... You know, in the course of having a conversation, you know, what do you have? Well, I've got three websites and a couple of web hosts, and I've got ten domain names, and I've got an autoresponder account, and I bought some training from you, and, of course, I have the I have the dollar spend right in front of me, and I know that most people, they spend money with me, they spend money with somebody else, and I've got some kind of software plugin that's. I know it's 40 bucks a month. So I say, so how much have you spent in the last year on your business? Oh, let me think. Let me think. Oh, Oh, it's about $1,000. Or maybe it's $500. But I'm, Obviously, this is a totally hypothetical situation. And I say, oh, okay. Okay, so how much is your web hosting? Oh, it's 30 a month, so that's 360. How about the water responder? Twenty a month. So that's two forty. That's six hundred. Ten domain names. That's seven hundred. The plugins. Eight hundred. I know for a fact you spent three hundred with me. That's eleven. And you told me you bought some, some training from some other folks. We'll get up to two grand. Twenty five hundred dollars easy. If that was the number, and nobody intends to deceive. They they don't they don't know. And so I carefully crafted the question. And I said, in parentheses, look at your PayPal account and just do a search for all of your spend for the last year. And so, folks, when they answered the question, they wrote down their number. But because I told them to go get the exact number, and I just – I didn't – I mean, I didn't say get the exact number. I just told them where to find the number, and, of course, then they're going to get the exact number. And folks were shocked at how much they spent in the last year. People spend three, four, ten grand and didn't know it on various business building types of things. But they spend it a little bit at a time and they're, they're just starting out. They've been starting out for a while, but they're, they're still just for now. And they're not really making a big profit they track of things. And what happens is sometimes you now I don't know where you are. Obviously, I'm talking to a crowd. So you may, if you went do the research, you've spent a thousand in the last year, you spent five grand in the last year on all the services that you pay for, and the coaching that you pay for, and the training that you pay for, and the memberships and subscriptions and all of that. So you're probably somewhere between a grand and ten grand, depending on who you are. Now, what happens is sometimes folks will say, now remember earlier we talked about time. We said that you've got a three-week time investment that might hurt your income just a little bit. That feels like a big risk. Most of the time we don't think about time as a risk. We, we, we focus on the money. So what happens sometimes is you're evaluating a risk that's $2,000 risk, risk or a $1,000 risk or a $5,000 risk And it's easy to say, well, I can't risk that. The question is, if you haven't changed anything about the way that you're running your business and you've spent $2,500 in the last year, the truth of the matter is you're going to spend $2,500 each of the next couple of years to equal that same $5,000 if you do not. So, again, I'm not advocating that you make that $2,000 risk. I'm not advocating that you make that $5,000 risk. But what I am saying is that by doing nothing, unless you just decide to quit, just quit, cold turkey. That's really hard. I mean, it's hard when you're an entrepreneur to just quit because as soon as you quit, you go to the grocery store and, and you see somebody selling cookies outside. And you're like, oh, I could bake a batch of cookies. Tomorrow you've got your table set up. We, we're just entrepreneurial in nature. That's how we operate. I remember when I was in high school. I would go to the local Kmart on my way home from school, or if I got home from school and I hadn't gone to Kmart, and I'd walk a mile to Kmart to buy a couple packages. It had like ten packs of candy bars. Buy the ten pack for two bucks or three bucks, and then I'd turn around and sell the candy bars. Under the table, in my classes for whatever a dollar or something like that, and every day I'd sell two or three bags of, of candy under the table, and I'm just that's just my nature. I could probably tell you a hundred more stories of kind of cobbled together situations like that, and and that's your nature. Cold turkey is going to be hard. So we go back to this investment. 2000 5000 for whatever it is, whether it's learning how to, to drive a new source of traffic, whether it's coaching, whether it's uh, an involvement in a community that's going to perhaps change your life, whether it's an investment of time, whatever it is, it's a two two to $5,000 investment. If you make the investment, you've obviously got the possibility that you'll do better. If you make the investment, there's a possibility that you lose it all. And then if you make the investment, there's a possibility you'll come somewhere in between. You'll make some progress, but it won't be equal to what you invested. But I don't believe that you can compare the decision or the the possibility of success or failure with making that new investment With square zero, because the truth of the matter is if you do nothing, you're going to risk $2,500 in the next year if that's what you invested last year. And here's the thing, when it's a couple hundred bucks a month, that's $2,500 a year. When it's a couple hundred bucks a month and you're putting it into your business, you think of it as an investment in your business, but it is a risk. But when we turn that around and talk about $2,500, now it's not an investment, it's a risk. Why do we think that way? Well, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't, I don't know all the reasons. There's a couple people on the call that could probably tell me why we do this. But we think of a couple hundred bucks a month as an investment. We think about $2,500 as a risk. Okay, so I don't want to beat a dead horse here. I, I hope that you kind of see where we're coming from right here. Now, for some of you that have taken risk after risk after risk after risk and and nothing works out, your next step is to find out why. And that may be instead of taking a risk with everything you've taken a risk, you bought a website from somebody and it didn't work out, or you bought traffic and it didn't work out, or you bought a mastermind and it didn't work out, you bought inventory. and I've done that before. i bought inventory and it didn't work out. I sell other people's inventory better than I do mine. I inventory and it just sits. How many of you have inventory in your garage from some event you went to five years ago and you were going to sell it all next month at a big party? It didn't work. We've all done it. We're entrepreneurs. We've all bought inventory. We've been stuck with it. Perhaps your next risk needs to be to hire someone wiser than you, not necessarily in the business world, whether that's a, a wisdom coach, whether it's a life coach, an accountability coach, a pastor, somebody that can help you identify what's going wrong with the risks that you're taking. But for the rest of you, are just scared to take that risk. Obviously, we've kind of talked about this idea that you're going to take it anyway. Unless you go cold turkey and sell all your domain names and tear up the hosting, and unless you just get out and go cold turkey, you're going to continue to risk, whether you call it that or not. Here's the thing. If you're evaluating something like that, and you're defaulting to this position of doing nothing. We've already talked about why that's actually a risk. I simply want to give you food for thought to think about the following year and ask yourself what needs to change in order for you to get where you want to go. I want to talk just a little bit about taking action and failure, taking action and failure. When we take action, we have the possibility of failure. If we take action by saying I'm going to write five article posts a day for a year, we take action, we have the possibility we won't get any subscribers from it. We won't make any money from it, It won't change anybody's life. We have that possibility. But if we choose not to write five articles a day, we are guaranteed that on that spectrum, failure. We are guaranteed that from the act of writing articles, we will not change anybody's life. We will not make any subscribers. We won't make any money. We're guaranteed. So sometimes when we think about doing something, taking action, this is not a risk, although writing, making a commitment to write five articles a day for a year is a risk. I remember when I first started my business, I was writing 10 to 15 articles a day, Some days as many as 20 articles. It was like three months before I got past minimum wage. That was a risk. I took a risk in doing that. It was a risk of my time. It was a risk of my money. It was a risk of my life. to some degree, I took great risk. If I had done nothing, if I had done nothing, I would have been guaranteed to make no money from the online venture and guaranteed that I'd have to go find another job. Guaranteed. So therefore, if I look at the risk that I took, yes, it was a risk. But doing nothing was not only a risk. In fact, doing nothing wasn't a risk. It was a guarantee that I would fail in terms of building the start of a business. Some of you teach something valuable, and you could have a few clients paying you on a monthly basis, or making a lump sum fee or something like that. But you're afraid get on the phone with three people a week or to send out an email to 10 people a week or to write a sales letter to everybody on your list and solicit the coaching because you're afraid you won't write the right words on the sales letter. You're afraid that people will not like the email that you write. You're afraid you don't have the right words on the telephone. You're afraid. And you're afraid that you'll fail. You're afraid that you'll You'll talk to three people and two people will say no. Here's the thing. If you don't talk to anybody, if you don't write that sales letter, if you don't write those emails, on the count of getting the client, you're guaranteed failure. So many times when folks tell me I am afraid to fail and that's why nothing, my first thought is, If you do nothing, you automatically fail. And that means by taking action, and sometimes that's a risk, you have a possibility of success and you have a possibility of failure, but if you do nothing, you're guaranteed failure. Here's one more thought. Here's one more thought. This comes from a past American president, Ulysses Grant. Sometimes he would take immediate action on things. Sometimes he would make immediate decisions on things. So he'd have something laid out. There's two courses. There's two courses. One group of people says we should take this action. One group says we should take this action. Now, some people would meditate down that for a month, and maybe there's nothing wrong with that, but we're talking about President Grant here. a lot of times, if the two options were close, he would just decide. He would just decide. And somebody asked him one time, you know, why, why do you do that without really figuring out what's absolutely the right decision? And he said, because here's the thing. These are my words, not his. His was much more succinct. It was a sentence or two. He says, you see, If I spend the next week or the next month trying to come up with the exact right decision and I make the decision, it's still possible that I've made the wrong decision and I'll still have to change the decision and I'll be a month behind in getting to the right decision. He said, but if I take a decision, if I make a decision and take action today and it's the wrong decision, I'll find out quickly that it was the wrong decision so I can write the cart and make the right decision, faster. And once again, I'm, I'm not encouraging you to make decisions faster than you're comfortable with. We're all conditioned through our life, the things that have happened in our lives, to make decisions faster, slower, etc., etc. I just want to give you food for thought. Because sometimes the simplest decisions in our business will hold us up. Do I go with the blue background or the red background? Uh, do I go with the picture of the mountain or the beach? Do I name it this or that? It take a month to make the decision. The truth of the matter is it probably doesn't matter if it's red or blue. It probably doesn't matter if it's mountain or beach. It probably doesn't matter if it's faster or bestest. It probably doesn't matter. But if it does matter and it doesn't work, the faster I go with that blue background, and get feedback on it in real life, not some survey, but real life, put it out there. Don't ask anybody what they, they like and wait and see if a few people gripe or complain or tell me they love it, then I have my answer. Or I can spend a month thinking about it and take no action. Folks, I want to encourage you that as you're thinking about next year, that you question you question your decision-making process. Not because, this is not a negative question, meaning, you know, is, is it all messed up and do we need to do things completely differently? No, we're going to wisely evaluate it and say, is it working? Is it not working? Is there a part of it that's working? Is there a part of it that's not working? So that we don't blindly and complacently Continue to take steps that aren't getting us any closer to our goals. You see, some of you are full of knowledge and information and transformation that you can put into other people's lives. You're full of something that you can pour into other people. And I hate to say it, but you're not getting any younger. So I'm not either. I'm not pointing fingers. Unless you're getting any younger. the truth of the matter is, no matter how we cut the cake, when today ends, we are all one day closer to the end of our time here on this earth.
1: No matter how much time
0: we have left, at the end of today, we're one day closer. The question is, as today closes, and we're one day closer, have we completed one day's worth of accomplishments on this earth? towards where we believe we should go. And you see, I don't know that fear is a valid excuse. I mean, it's easy to blame fear. But I don't know that fear is a valid excuse. I don't think our pattering heart, when we see somebody this, hurting or in need, but we're scared to walk over there and ask them if we can help them. I don't think that walking away, that fear is a valid excuse. I just don't don't believe that. Now, now remember, that that comes with my life conditioning and my life experience. Yours is different, and other people's on this call are different as well. The truth of the matter is, my guess is, Most of you, the thing that holds you back the most is not taking the right actions. It's not taking – your problem is not that you take too many of the right actions. Most of you, you're not taking the right actions. You're not making a decision – to build a new part of your business. You're not making a decision to spend 10 hours a week talking with new clients. You're not, you're not making a decision to build a new community in your niche. You're not making a decision to do that because it's going to take 10 hours of your week that you don't want to apportion to it. But the truth of the matter is for most of you, and again, I'm not pointing fingers. I don't know where you are. I don't have x-ray vision into your computer but most people spend at least 10 hours of wasted time a week on social media. And so if if you're making the decision to not do something in your business next week, next month, or next year, because it will take a commitment of 10 hours a week, if you don't cut out the 10 hours of worthless social media and replace it with golfing or Or skydiving or something else, you're making the investment in whatever it is that you can grow in your social media. You're sacrificing your growth to that ten hours in social media. Now, some of you say, Oh, you know, I don't I don't have a social media account. I challenge all of you. I did this a few years ago. This this changed my work habits completely. This completely changed my work habits. I installed rescue time on my computer. And I just let it run. And at the end of the day, it will tell you the percentage of time that you spent on social media. It will tell you the percentage of time that you spent in email. It will tell you the percentage of time that you spent writing a document. And it will tell you the percentage of time that you were productive. Now, some of you are going to say, well, Sean, how does it know if I was being productive or not? That is my question as well. So I dug deep and I challenged it. And you can manually override and say you can tell it that website is actually productive. It will take your word for it. And I did it. I went in there and I changed a few things around because I was angry. I was angry this machine was telling me I was unproductive 80% of the time. So I went in there and changed all the things that I thought should be changed and took it down to 75% unproductive. Now, I'll tell you what I did, folks. I evaluated those unproductive activities that I did not realize. I've been preaching productivity for a long time. I did not realize. It. And I immediately, I immediately cut the time on, on those places. And immediately my total production went up. And immediately I had an extra 10, 15 hours a week in my business that I could put into productive things. Almost all of you can come up with an extra 10 hours a week to invest in that Thing or that part of your business that you don't believe you have the time now. Okay, let's go ahead and wrap up. Obviously, I don't want a proponent risk here. I don't want a proponent not taking risk. If you never take a risk, you probably never, ever grow. And that goes for your life too. If you don't take a risk in your relationships, if you don't take a risk in your health, if you don't take a risk in saying, you know what, I am going to find a way to put 20 minutes on the treadmill every day. I, whatever that you know, whatever you've got to do to step outside of your comfort zone, I'm going to take a risk in that relationship and apologize. I'm going to take a risk and say, you know, I need help here. I'm going to take what, whatever it is. If we do nothing, if we do nothing risky in our life. We probably remain very stagnant for all of our life. And you know what happens to pond water that gets stagnant. So I'm, I'm probably not proponenting no risk. So I'm not suggesting that you cut it back, and I'm not suggesting you increase it. And I'm not just talking about money. And you know, a lot of times we talk about risk in terms of some monetary amount. A risk is your time, and there's a flip side to risk, and that is the, there's a risk to your time if you do nothing. There's a risk to your money if you do nothing. I just want to give you food for thought so that over the course of the next few weeks, as, as you're moving in to the next year, as you're evaluating this year and you're evaluating next year, that you can think about how perhaps based on your conditioning, on your experience, on your experience in business the last few years, on your experience in taking risks, your experience with failure and risk-taking and success, and thinking about what I've shared with you today about failure and success and risk-taking and doing nothing and how all of those affect your business. I just hope that you'll take what I've just given you and allow it to help you grow to the next place in your life and in your business. And, folks, I believe that you can. I believe strongly in you. You folks have the foundation, you have the ability, you know what to do, but so often it's the decision making that's the difference between success, and failure.